1: Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells Clone Wars Special Edition for the episode, The Hidden Enemy. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and not with me as always is Matt the Crankster Cranky, because he is out on vacay this week. So I called Tim and I said, Tim, you want to be on the podcast? And Tim said, sorry, dude, I'm busy this week, which has never (laughs) happened before. So I go, okay, fine. I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel here. Kyle, do you want to be on the podcast? <laughs> wow. To which Paul, uh, Kyle says, I am also busy. I am on vacation this week. So I go, all right, I guess I'll bring in the new guy. So we got joining us this week. We've got Paul wow. from Star Wars. The saga continues. Uh, how's it going, Paul?
0: Oh pretty good. At scraping the bottom of the barrel I see. <laughs> You're not the bottom of the barrel. Kyle's I the bottom I, of the barrel. No.
1: <laughs> I I don't know you well enough to place you in the ranking yet. Uh, I'll I, let um... you know at the end of the episode how you did.
0: No, uh, I, I, I'm the bottom of the barrel. That's fine. That's fine.
1: I give. I'm giving Kyle a hard time. Uh, mostly because I know he won't be
0: listening to this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. I, he doesn't listen to me now. I try to text him. And he ignores me.
1: Kyle is just, Kyle is and always will be the kid around here so, because when we started this 10 years ago he was just that he was a kid he was just this punk kid and it was like i i'm looking for help with some things and he was like oh i, I can help you with your recaps and so he started helping me with recaps and stuff uh weird. and uh, and and now he's taller than chewbacca and uh and and married and it's it's all very weird for me it's very <laughs> weird um that's awesome. That's but awesome. uh, I'm glad that you're here, Paul, to Thanks, talk man. about the hidden enemy. This is a great Happy episode of Clone Wars. Um, but mm-hmm. before we get into it, oh, uh, we gotta we gotta address the Hapibor in the room. Uh, <laughs> man, oh boy, the internet is uh, is a buzz. Slow yeah. news week, right? Um, I'm I have egg all over my face because I've been saying for like a month. Yeah, they're going to drop the release date for the Solo Blu-ray this week. It's going to cool. be... The, okay, they didn't do it this week because of this, but they're going to do it next week. Well, they didn't do it that week, but they're definitely doing it next... Well, this week they're taking a week off, but when they come back, they're going to announce <laughs> that. And then yesterday, they announced the release date for uh, if Infinity War, uh, which is August 14th, I think. Uh, and yeah. I'm like, oh man, they're definitely not going to re- announce the release date for Solo. Although... Rumor has it that it's going to be, uh, September 24th, 25th, 25th. Yeah. Too far. Lo- too far. Way that's a long time from now. It's a long time from now, but I'm going to stay strong. Yeah. Um, and hope that that's wrong and that it'll actually be out before that. But, um, but since it's a slow news week, I uh, the internet just had to find something else to talk about. And uh and and uh I guess Rebel Force Radio is on the chopping block for that. So we're not gonna get into details. We're not gonna get into the nitty gritty. Um <clears throat> I just want to, like I said, address the Hapibor in the room and uh, and and just let people know uh, where we are in reference to that. Um you know, like force cast was the first star Wars podcast that I ever listened to. Uh, I really looked up to those guys, uh, back in the day. And, um, uh, we've even had them on They We have an episode that they're on, uh, at the, close to the beginning of, uh, of rebels podcast. Um, or maybe it was on Frontlines. I can't remember at this point, but, um, whenever they switched over to rebel force radio, we had them on to talk about that. And, uh, um, and i've always had like a a friendly relationship with those guys i i even if you know like so- sometimes i didn't necessarily agree with their position on things and i uh, always tried to keep it civil cuz it's it's tough cuz they were always the guys at the top of the hill right we, paul and i talked about this at length before we started recording but um they they made some comments on a show I guess a while ago, but um, those comments were were edited somewhat and um, and somehow the original audio has leaked out recently and uh, and it really doesn't paint them in a good light and uh, and it's really unfortunate some of the stuff that that uh, that Jason and Jimmy were saying, um, stuff that I really really don't agree with, stuff that actually, I find incredibly offensive and you know, like i uh, I give people a lot of leeway with the social justice warrior thing and throwing that around as a pejorative. And uh, as I said on Twitter earlier today, um, I've, I've been guilty of that in the past myself. I feel like I've grown since then and I don't do it anymore, but, um, I, I try and give people a little bit of, a little bit of leeway and a little bit of, of room to, explore that and get out what they need to get out and vent so that they can hopefully come around to the realizations that I did that, um, this stuff that's happening in, in our culture right now is necessary and there's some growing pains and it's going to be uncomfortable for some people, specifically straight white dudes. Um, but there's, there's, I. Uh, a healthy venting of that frustration that like I didn't do anything wrong yet. I'm part of a group that's being targeted for having done things wrong over the course of history. Um, like that's, there's a, there's a healthy way to deal with that guilt and that, that, um, come to that realization. And then there's crossing a line. And when I listened to that audio earlier today, I really feel like some of that stuff crossed the line. And, I and so, I don't know what their next steps are going to be. We're talking about this right in the middle of it. So by the time this goes live, who knows what will have happened. Um, I hope that they come to their senses, realize that they made a mistake and, uh, and, and learn and grow from it. Uh, if they don't, I I don't know what to tell you. I'll I'll say like, I, I haven't listened to rebel force radio in a long time myself. So this has all been news to me. Um, I know that they've been getting into some arguments with, uh, with, with some star Wars personalities over the last little while, specifically with Chuck Wendig. Um, and I'll, I'll say for the record, I'm on Chuck's side with a lot of that. Um, but I, yeah this stuff to me it just goes a little bit too far i think that some learning and growing is in order for these guys um i hope that they that they hear that from from people who i like because let's say like i i like i said i was always friendly with them i respected them for being those guys with the number one star wars podcast um and i hope that they hear some of the more uh um Calm people, because I know there's a lot of people who are really heated about this right now. But I hope that they hear the voices of some of the the I don't want to say rational people, because I think that the people who are upset are also rational. But um, just the people who are speaking in a little bit more of a metered tone, that uh, that they, they, they've kind of, they've been crossing a couple of lines lately, and uh, and it's maybe time to start taking a look at that, do a little bit of moral inventory, and remember why we're here, why we're talking about star Wars and, um, and, and to really just recognize that inclusivity is a good thing because, um, star Wars fans come in all shapes and sizes. And, uh, I, the more of us, the merrier, as much as it makes for a very crowded star Wars celebration. I uh, you know, like I, 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 I don't know. When I look around at the community, I see people of all kinds, and I want the movies to represent those people. I want the TV shows to represent those people, and uh, I want them to feel the way that I feel when I look at Obi-Wan Kenobi or Luke Skywalker or Han Solo or um, any number of characters that represent a guy that looks and uh, thinks the way that I do. Um, I want everybody to have that opportunity within star Wars. And I think that you can like, I mean, you can be, I, I, you can be anyone. I won't target a specific, <laughs> I was going to like conjure up a, a, a fake minority person, but uh, you can be anyone and you can identify with Obi-Wan Kenobi because he's the greatest Jedi in the galaxy. And I think we all want to <laughs> feel like that from yeah. time to time, but Um, But there is a real power in seeing yourself represented on screen and um, and in the comics and in the, the cartoons and the video games and every piece of Star Wars media. So I don't know. I've always been a really big champion of of. Um, diversity within Star Wars. Um, I think that Disney has done incredible things to that end. Um, and I like like not only on screen, but behind the scenes as well. And I'm a champion of that. So if somebody else is going to be against that, we're going to find ourselves on opposite sides of that fence. And that's unfortunate. Hopefully everybody can be cool about it uh but i uh, you know i i've said it before about this whole toxic fandom thing and i will continue to say it thunderquack and rebel cells i uh, and and star wars the saga continues and like the like our whole family of podcasts i uh, this is a safe place. This is, uh, this is a welcoming, inclusive community. So if you want to be, uh, aggressive and target people, uh, just because they're different from you, uh, there are other podcasts for you to listen to, and this isn't one of them. And I'm perfectly happy with you taking your business elsewhere. So uh, (laughs) you can stick around if you want to just know that everybody here is going to be cool. Um, and if you can't be cool, we'll show you where the door is. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's basically all I have to say about it. I don't know if you want to add anything, Paul,
0: you know, I just, I just kind of, it's disappointing how, you know, just people are acting and just, it it just, how they're acting. And I just really, it's disappointing. And I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. It's, it's disappointing how, you know, they're, they're lashing out and, you know, they, I mean, listen. Like p- nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes. Totally. And you know, I, I want. I'm a big. I'm a big believer in forgiveness. And I just kind of feel like there's just. It's it's sad that they just feel that they have to. You know, they're trying to die on this hill. You know, instead of looking at themselves in you know in, re- in reality and saying like, what what are we doing and saying? Yeah. And aligning ourselves with what is that saying about us as people yeah. w- and what people are saying there? It's, it's just sad because instead of looking at themselves and saying, and, and really looking at themselves deeply and saying, maybe we're, you know, presenting ourselves to be a certain way that we're not meaning to. And we have to look at that instead of doubling down, getting mad, shutting off for Twitter and running off and saying yeah. it's all Twitter's fault because everyone else is, it's a war zone. And yeah. that is a crock. And, you know, you, no matter what social media you're a part of, you're going to get called out if you're out of line and you think that it's just Twitter, you're wrong. It's, this is everywhere. And, you know, like I said, I, I've listened to Herb Radio for a long time and, and I've listened to them off and on since I got into start, in, into podcasting in 2008, like, yeah. and, and when I got into podcasting, I mean, listening to podcasts, you know, and wanted to be a podcaster, but it's it's just sad. It's just disappointing to see people you look up to. I mean, I, I did. I looked up to those guys. Those mm-hmm. guys were, you know, the, they're the beginning of everything. And you know, it was, it's it's disappointing when you see those people act like that and again double down. And it's just like, man, just yeah, look at yourselves in the mirror for a second, or not even mirror, like listen to yourselves for a second and what yeah. you're saying and doing. And like, it's you know, but whatever. I mean, people, there's there's always gonna be people who, are, who are assume they're being attacked or whatever, and. It's sad. It's sad that everyone feels that way, and I wish I could. I wish I could bridge everything together, but it's never gonna happen. And I, I frankly, but I also, I I frankly don't agree with how they've gone about their business the last couple month or so. So.
1: Yeah, it's like you said. It's disappointing. It's really sad. Um, They they were an institution in the Star Wars community for a really long time and i feel like that's come to an end and and i know that like when you're at the top of the hill sometimes you feel a need to defend that position um and and i think that that both in the sense that they are both white men and they were the top of the star wars fan community hill like the 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 climate change that's gone on in the star Wars community over the last five years. Um, it's, it's not going in their favor specifically. It's all, it also shouldn't be hurting them, but it's not in their favor anymore. And the advantages that, that they once had, I don't think that they, they have to the same degree. And that can be a difficult thing to wrestle with because when you do have that, place of prestige or that place of authority. Um, it's re- I think it's really easy to lose sight of, of how you got there and sort of who put you there and, and, um, and especially when you've got that kind of power, it's very difficult to wield it responsibly. And to me, that is the most upsetting part of it is that they are in such a position to, um, to help with this whole toxic fandom thing and there are so many people that respect them and listen to them that and I don't just mean listen to the podcast, but like actually like like will hear what they have to say that they could have used that that loudspeaker to um, enact real change within the community and and unify. And I can't help but feel, that the way that they've been behaving over the last couple of months has been contributing to the to the discord and has been one of the things that's pushing people apart. And that's it's just really unfortunate because I don't want that to be the case. I want um, those guys to be what I thought that they were, right? Like I want them I want them to be <laughs> as good as I, believe them to be in the limited interactions that I've had with them. But, um, but yeah, like I said, listening to that audio, uh, it's, it's really hard not to come to the conclusion that they have some wrong headed ideas, some very problematic ideas. And if this is the way that the, the, the organism has to, to fix itself, then this is the way it's got to go. But uh, it's one of those things. It's like when you're sick and you've got a fever, the reason you have a fever is because there's something inside you that's hurting you and the fever is going to burn it out. Right. Yeah. It's it it runs the risk of cranking the heat up too much and actually doing damage to you. But so sometimes like you want that fever to break sooner rather than later. But, but it's important to understand that the fever is there for a reason. And that's your body's response in trying to, fix itself. And right now it feels like the, like we've, we're in the middle of a fever and hopefully it's going to break soon. But know that the reason why it feels that way is because we're kind of, we're kind of infected with something and it's not just star Wars. So I don't want to make it about the star Wars community. This is culture and where it's at right now it's happening in all sorts of areas it's not just star wars it's happening i uh, i mean like the marvel dc thing is a weird thing it's ha- it happened in video games with gamergate a couple years ago like it just this has been going on for a while and it feels like it's kind of coming to a bit of a head um with the star wars community with and and i i don't know I, my hope is that like i said these guys really sit down, take a moral inventory, recognize that they've made some bad decisions. They've said some wrong stuff and, um, and they come back and I don't like, like, I I think that an apology is in order. And I think that, um, like when I say, you know, you can't just come back and go, we're sorry. We said it. Okay. Is that what you like? You got to come back and say like, okay, we hear both sides of this conversation and, um, obviously we've got some learning to do and, uh, it's not gonna, it doesn't happen overnight, but we recognize that we said some stuff that could be hurtful to some people and, uh, and, and we're sorry for that, you know, like, cause I don't know, as a podcaster, I get, I get, I get elevated at times, let's say. And I come in, and I'll say to Matt before we record an episode, I'll be like, "Oh, I got a good one this week, right?" And I know that I'm gonna come in, and I'm gonna say something that's gonna be controversial, or I'm gonna have an opinion that not everybody's gonna agree with. And sometimes I'll play it up, right? Because I, 'cause sometimes it gets attention, but and sometimes it's just fun. It's just fun to be that character. But I hope, um, and I hope, and in recent conversations with people, I, uh, whenever it's coming across the wrong way like I'm I'm happy to course correct and come back and say like okay, you know, like I went a little bit far with that one. But I I hope that I'm never hurting anybody with what I'm saying on the podcast. It's never my intention. And if I ever am, I want people to call me out on it because like I said, it's not my intention. My intention with this podcast is to be a part of the community to have a conversation with the listeners and uh, and and to add to the wealth that is Star Wars fandom and i think that the biggest thing to remember right now is that the body is infected but it's not like the body isn't bad right it's it, like the body is still what it is when you're sick your it's not that your body is is now evil Right, you're infected with something, and you got to work through it. And you've got to, you got to, whether it's a fever, or you got to take some medicine or whatever it is. You got to get through that to the other side. <clears throat> and it's hard when you're in the middle of it. Whenever I'm sick, I know I'm the worst about this. It's always like, oh my god, this is the worst I've ever felt, and I get that real that man cold thing of like, oh my god, no one's ever been in as much pain as I'm in right now. So whatever, <laughs> man you have a cold, cold. <laughs> yeah, but you forget when you're in the middle of it, what it feels like to be healthy for a minute. And then when you get out of it, you're like, Oh my God, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful to be healthy again. Right. To, to be rid of that cold. Um, and I think that we're just, we're kind of in the middle of it right now, but remember that the body is still good. (laughs) It's just that there's this, this infection in it right now that, um, you know i my hope is that we can turn some of those infected uh, I cells into uh into happy productive cells uh again but um some of them just kind of got to go away uh, and we got to just wait for them to go away and we've got to just kind of burn them out um yeah and for a lot of that that means not adding fuel to the fire um and just kind of letting it letting it peter out and you don't give it oxygen it'll it'll just kind of suffocate itself um so don't get in and fight with the rfr supporters they have a thing that they love in the star wars community and they're worried that it's going to go away because of this so they're really they're they're acting out of fear and what do we know what do we know we're star wars fans fear leads to anger anger leads to hate hate leads to suffering don't give in to hate don't give in to fear we're better than that right we're Star Wars fans we've been watching these movies and these TV shows our entire lives let's learn something from it and I you know let's do let's do what all of those Jedi should have done man there's really not a good example anymore because they kind of (laughs) they kind of took Luke and just kind of wrecked him I love it but they kind of wrecked him I Let's be, actually, you know what? That's not true. Everybody just be more like Rey, be more like Ahsoka. Okay. It's really interesting that all the male Jedi, they've really like, they kind of step in it eventually. Right. But those mm-hmm. female Jedi, they got something about them that they're very quick to forgive and they're very quick to see the good. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and they don't give up. And I think that we need to be a little bit more like that. We need to look at Kylo Ren as he throws a temper tantrum and cries and sulks and smashes his toys, and we need to say, "You know what? I think I can make something work with this guy." <laughs> uh, so just be a little bit more like Ray. Be more like Ahsoka, who looks at Vader and goes, uh, "But Anakin's still in there, right?" Because yeah. that's the thing is that Anakin, he's still in there, right? And I, uh, I. Uh, we'll weather the storm. We'll get through it and we'll get through it by, uh, what, what, what's the quote? We gotta, we gotta, uh, uh, save what we love. Not oh, fight what we yeah.
0: Hate. Yeah. Then the story What is it? No. What's what she say? She says, we don't, we don't, uh, survive by,
1: well, I forgot what it is. I forgot. Um, it's, but you guys know what it is.
0: It's that line at the end of the movie, it's that
1: line at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, with Rose. Yeah. And, <laughs> That's exactly what we gotta do. We just gotta we just gotta save what we love. And we love Star Wars, and yeah. there are so many awesome Star Wars fans out there and there's so many people doing awesome things in the community. So many podcasters and artists, and uh, I just fans and uh, people writing fan fiction and and doing all sorts of cool stuff. So let's celebrate that stuff. Let the people who want to be hateful, Go off in their own corner and be hateful. Let them be their own echo chamber. Don't engage. Don't go after them. Don't provoke, right? Because when you do that, it's not a matter of like, you're just as bad as they are. I don't, I hate that rhetoric. That's not what it is. You're giving them what they want when you do that. When they come to you and they say something hateful or disgusting, shut them down. Okay. But don't go after them, right? The, the a Jedi uses the force for knowledge and defense, never for attack. So when people come at you, you, you feel free to get that lightsaber out and defend yourself and, uh, and even defend those who can't defend themselves. We just had that episode about the Lerman. So sometimes you got to do that, but don't go looking for a fight because when you do, that's the dark path, and, and you're going you're gonna to start down that, and it's going to be bad news. So all that said, it's out there. Let's have uh, the rest of the episode be a good episode about, uh, about this awesome episode of, uh, of, of The Clone Wars, one of my favorites from Season 1. Um, hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, let's get into the recap. Let's do okay. that.
0: It's time. the Rebel Cells, Clone Wars Special Edition Recap. Is it civilized? Uh, That depends on your definition of civilized. I'm enjoying this far too much.
1: All right, so we are talking about the hidden enemy. Uh, This episode directed by Stuart Lee and written by Drew Z Greenberg. Uh, And uh, the uh, Americans may notice. uh, Yes, I am Canadian, but I say Z. I do (laughs) not say Zed. But I'm also from Vancouver, and we're a little bit different from the rest of the country. So, I. the, the fortune cookie is uh, truth enlightens the mind, but won't always bring happiness to your heart. A very telling fortune cookie uh, moral for this episode. Um, and uh, here, I'll get right into it. On the 46th level of the South Tower of a parallel structured building, Obi-Wan Kenobi stares out a window with his macro binoculars, readying for an attack he and Anakin have planned to wage on the Separatist droid army. The turbo lift dro- doors to Kenobi's command center open. The battle droids spill out of it. The ambush point has been compromised. Kenobi ignites his blade, deflecting blast back at the droids while the rest of the unprepared clones begin to scatter. There's no place to retreat. They are surrounded. So, uh, the episode starts off. Uh, this is the prequel mm-hmm. to the clone Wars movie. Um, this is one of the earliest stories in the timeline. Um, mm-hmm. I, like I said last week, I still hold trespass as being the earliest. I like to me, trespass is like the beginning of the war. It's like, like Hmm. a few things have happened. Anakin has become a knight. Um, and, uh, it let his hair grow out and whatnot. But this is like, to me, like, I'll tell you where I put trespass. Trespass is the first time for me that Anakin and Obi-Wan go out on a mission as equals. Where Hmm. Anakin, where Anakin's now a knight. Like, this is the first
0: time that happens. Um, it's, it's, you know, I almost, I totally would, would see that, but it, it's funny because when I, I always think it's later, it's because it's later in the season. Yeah. For trespass. Um, uh, cause we're talking, that's the one, and remember, I, I'm really terrible with names. This is the one where they, they meet the, uh, the, the, the snow planet, right? Yeah. But the pants were yeah, the pan- yeah. yeah. That's, what, that's what I thought. So I want to make yeah. sure I wasn't, you know, going off about something that's not, not there. um But yeah, that episode's is one of my favorites too, Mike. And I remember, in fact, that was the episode that I think, you know, really kind of got me going and like, okay, this, I, I, lo- I love, I liked everything from the Clone Wars. That was my favorite episode from the first season where it made me just yeah. geek out with the Talls and everything. So, but yeah. I totally see what you're saying, but I almost think there's an un unwritten story about anakin and obi-wan's like you know obviously it's it's unwritten we don't know exactly when it happened but i always think this happened later just because it happened later in the in the season but Mm -hmm. you could you could retcon it like that too after he gets knighted but i feel that there's that story after he gets knighted is like really important so i almost feel like his first like foray into with obi-wan is going to be a way more of a I don't want to say publicized, but you know what I'm saying? Like they're going to be like, this is Anakin and Obi-Wan's first parade so, as equals.
1: Like for me, the thing that I, that I like about it being their first time going out, we're talking about trespass. We should be talking about hidden enemy, but whatever. doesn't uh, matter. I, I, the thing that I, <laughs> uh, Martin's going to be happy because he, we didn't go very long on the last episode and he wanted us to go really long. But so is this, I add this to the end of the last episode. Yes. It'll, it'll work. I, I like it because of the fact that it's not a big deal. That mm. that um, it's a really big deal for Anakin to get there, and um, there's a there. It's a it's in one of the novels. I can't remember mm. which one it is, but it's in one of those Clone Wars novels. That's the is it? It's, it's in
0: say, the it's in the it's in the Legends now, though, bro. It, technically, yes,
1: but. <laughs> OK, so this is my thing is that I don't care what I, what, know, like, I know, like none of that matters to me. I don't like if it's referenced in a movie, it's hard canon. Everything other than that is what I you make know. of a reference in the
0: movies or in one of the TV
1: shows. But um, I think is it Labyrinth of Evil?
0: I, I never I, I I never read the Clone Wars stuff because that's when a lot of the, my early foray in the EU stuff is yeah. or is always early because I was in middle school uh, when the EU was birth or fifth grade slash middle school when the EU okay. was really starting to come out. And I kind of, by the time I hit high school, I was, you know, trying to play music and listening to punk rock. And then you were too yeah, cool for star Wars for a bit. Well, there, right? No, let wasn't too cool for star Wars. I just was too, it was too overwhelming for oh, me okay. to get back into star Wars. Gotcha. And I didn't have any money. That also hurt me too. That always hurts. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I like the
1: idea that like, like Anakin goes through, a, a trial and i know like the gendi tartakovsky clone wars kind of did it as well right but i like the idea of like he goes through this epic trial and becomes a knight um without without going through the actual trials at the temple um and they just bestow upon him the title of knight even though he never actually passed the trials but you know obi wan gets the same treatment so um <laughs> and then and then after that, like, like, I like the idea that Anakin and Obi-Wan were split up for that adventure and then come back together um, and and are at the temple and when they get this assignment. And it's like, well, I want to, like Obi-Wan sort of saying, like, I want to see, I, I want to see the Jedi Knight in action. Like, let's go, come with me. Right, because it's totally a mission that like that Mace Windu walks up and goes, Obi Wan, this one's you, and and Obi Wan could have done it by himself, but for him to turn around and go, Anakin, let's go, come on, it's like, it's like they were partners, and then like he was like the rookie cop, and then and then he, you know, uh, they both like he makes detective or whatever, and it's like, okay, let's go, let's go crack this case together, right. Um, as equals and not as, as master and apprentice. And so then in the scenes where they're in the hut and Anakin kind of takes, takes control of it and starts, starts the, like doing the drawing and stuff like that. There's that, there's like a moment of like, Oh yeah, he's got this. Anakin's fine. Like he's, he's a knight now. Right. Like I, I trust him. Um, And that's to me where it switches over from the, the you dropped your lightsaber again you're a bad jedi to to where they are at the beginning of revenge of the sith to me it's like that's that shows that change in dynamic but um
0: well can can i really quickly uh, i'm I'm gonna bring it back for full circle here for us mike because i kind of here's the deal like i think you bring up some great points and i like it i'd be fine if they did it this way but when i watched this episode and i hadn't watched it in a while yep and I and I I just got a brand new um, a couple months ago a four K sixty inch TV my okay. wife got me for my birthday I've been meaning to rewatch the Clone Wars uh, yeah. again and actually I remember when you guys announced on Rebel Cells you guys were going to rewatch it I'm like man I should do that same thing I've been lazy haven't done it so I apologize I apologize um, but when you when you invited me on the show I'm like oh this is a great chance so I, I raced home threw this in. And watch it. I hadn't watch it in a while. And one thing I took away from it yeah. is – and it, it kind of would contradict a little bit what you're saying of it being like the first, first time they're out is that I feel – and maybe it's just me. And he'll, hear me out, audience and, and Mike. But it almost felt like that was Anakin and Rex's first almost like – battle to it felt like it was almost like he was they were were talking to each other for like the first time or it was they were kind of unfamiliar with each other i got that impression yeah and no in this episode in hidden enemy Enemy, yes yeah so that's why that's why it made me go the, the
1: the interesting thing about that is that in trespass to me like rex is so separate from the two of them okay for so much of it and it's like there is a familiarity there but it um it doesn't feel like it does later in the series where they're like super tight. Right. Or even Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the season where there's a couple episodes where they're pretty tight, but Rex is kind of a little bit autonomous in this one. And Mm. Cody definitely has that connection to Obi-Wan, but I don't feel like Rex throughout season one has that connection to Anakin yet. And it won't be until later seasons that, that that starts to come through. Um, Mm. Yeah, and you know, like, and I think that there's definitely like a dynamic of Anakin, Ahsoka, and Rex. Like there's a the, the they they all kind of come together uh in a really great way over right. the course
0: of the series. So I, I I stand corrected, Mike. I just realized something from the movie. Yeah remember when Rex says, Sir, I thought you never said you'd get a you'd get a Padawan? Yeah, yeah. So you know, I negates what I thought, but I, but this episode, it was weird because the way Anakin was talking to Rex, it felt more, they felt more unfamiliar. It didn't, they didn't seem as, like you said with yeah. Cody. Maybe it's just because we're used, to, we saw Cody in Revenge of the Sith, but yeah. that's the impression that I got. Co- was like, Cody oh,
1: has a little bit more of like a stalwart character. Yes. Yeah. You know? so um, I think like that, that makes him seem more in tune with Obi-Wan and really early in the series. We don't, we don't really know Rex yet. Right. And I think that it was not only did we not know Rex yet. I don't think that Dave Filoni, Dave Filoni in the writing room really knew Rex yet. I think it wasn't until season two or three before they started to go like, oh yeah, no, this is who Rex is. And it's really informed by Anakin's character and stuff like that. There's a couple of moments in season one, but where he's definitely more reckless than Cody, but that's not saying much. Cody's kind of buttoned up, right? So mm-hmm. it it I don't know, I think that they develop it over the course of the series. So yeah, like I like I'm inclined to agree with you. I think that that there is definitely an unfamiliarity there. It's a little bit more business and a little bit less Bros. Right. And yeah, and as mm-hmm. the series goes on, they are going to get really tight um, and that's going to lead into wh- where we find Rex in Star Wars Rebels. Right. And the, ah, that's yeah. that to me is like that. I think retroactively Star Wars Rebels makes Rex an even better character. He was already awesome in Clone Wars, but Rebels took him and elevated him and made his character really poignant because we saw him before Vader and we see him after Vader and he knows, right? Like he like, and, and he knows what happened with the clones and he like Rex is one of the characters in the galaxy that understands everything. He was there for all of it. And, uh, and there's a really like, I don't know. The thing that I always love about Rex in star Wars rebels is that he's, he's the same badass captain rex that he always was Mm. but there's this weird sadness to him that's Mm. really understated it's really really subtextual it never really comes out except when he and ahsoka are together because they share this like they both mourn anakin skywalker and when ahsoka realizes that anakin is vader and like i don't know to me i in, in my head i play it as rex has known the entire time like Rex knew when it happened there's a reason why Rex isn't at the Jedi temple right and uh, one day they'll tell that story one day they're going to tell that story and to me it's like that is probably one of the best stories in Star Wars it'll certainly be one of the top prequel stories Ugh. but um yeah to take them from where they are here to to where Rex is in uh, in rebels and to know that he uh, he ends up at the battle of Endor, um,
0: yeah. Well, at some point, yeah. We we don't want to talk about if that, yeah. <laughs> Too many old. specifics, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was there somewhere. We don't know where he was yeah. there somewhere.
1: Okay, so let's bring it all back into the hidden enemy. I right. <laughs> we got really <laughs> far <laughs> afield. We'll rein awesome. it back in. I so that I Obi Wan's got a plan. And everybody's set up to ambush the droid army, but at the last minute, the droid army splits into three and comes through the doors because there's essentially mm. someone's leaked the plan. Somehow the separatists know that the the Republic forces are waiting for them. Yeah. Um, and they end up surrounded, and uh, it's going to take a little bit of quick thinking for Mannequin to sort it out, right?
0: Right. This that opening shot of, of of you know Obi-Wan or the opening part of mm-hmm. the droids coming in through the doors and or you know swarming them. Yeah. It that was probably in my opinion maybe the best representation of what the advantage of the droids were of yes. like of, of, of a visual representation because we don't really get that necessarily in episode 1 In episode 2 you get that a little bit but it's also there that's like where they're located. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah. So it's almost like you would expect them to have the, the the odds in their favor. But this was the first time you had to see the battle droids in their capacity in, on a battlefield yeah. and do what they're kind of supposed to do, which is that swarm kind of idea of just like keep throwing everything at them and they yeah. just get overwhelmed. Just That's, sheer numbers. Yeah, yeah exactly. You have to see that for the first time and it's, and it's real representated like – you know, the whole purpose that George created them in the first place was that reason, like they're created to be mindless, not really super great, but to swarm and overwhelm people. You got that in episode two. But again, that's they're on They're, they're they have home field advantage. This one is like the, what they're really made for. So it was it was kind of cool to see that kind of play out.
1: Yeah, totally. It's it is. Um, I think the biggest thing is that in the movies, we never really see the droids um, win right? The, the, the Jedi and the Republic never lose. So it's, it's hard to see them as a formidable force when uh, the Gungans lose to them for a moment, but then, you know, they all get shut down. Um, but yeah, it's never really, it's never really intimidating in the movies. Um, and, and it wasn't until the clone wars that they could do that. And, uh, and you're right. This episode is such a great example of that. That they just overwhelm with numbers. They're not stronger. They're not like they can afford to lose a hundred battle droids because there's ten thousand right behind them, right? So, yeah. I and then at the end of the episode, uh, when when you see all of the the ships landing, you're like, oh yeah, no. There's a reason why they're on their back foot. They've they've been um, sabotaged, and then here comes a real contingent of battle droids um that's gonna put them in a hard place but yeah I, you know, why, why don't you continue with the next paragraph
0: okay so bear with me people it's my first time ever listening to front lines rebels podcast or rebel cells doing this so I, okay. this is an honor because I've, I've listened to the show for a while so <laughs> Here goes. <clears throat> Directly across from the ambush happening in the South Tower, Anakin moves to help Kenobi and the clones by cutting through the window and crossing the gap on Asc- Ascension Cables. Joining the fight, Anakin regroups with Kenobi, and the two retreat to the rooftop where a gunship arrives to airlift them to safety. Safe, safely. Oh, my gosh. Safely. <laughs> um, <laughs> during, a, during an exchange of gunfire on the rooftop, Trooper Gus manages to tear off a separatist tactical droid's Cranial unit. Uh, so you did fine. You, there's Thank no, you. There's no problem.
1: You, Thank you're, you. you're fine at this. All right. Uh, I'll continue. Uh, Rex and Cody placed the droid's head on an analysis console and perform a robo lobotomy. I could not say that word, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> they confirmed that the droid knew that the Republic teams would be on the 46th le- level of each tower. There is a mole in the clone ranks. So this is where we get to the real sort of uh, the, the, the nugget of this episode. So we've got somewhere in the Republic army, there's, a, there's somebody leaking information. And the Republic is only made up of Jedi and clones at this point. Um, as the Jedi decide to investigate behind, the line, and behind enemy lines, Rex notices a comm link open. Someone's been listening to their conversation. He then spots someone skulking about the hallways and orders the shadowy figure to stop. It instead bolts down the corridor while Rex and Cody give chase, but lose it in the clone mess hall. Um, such a great, I I sort of a, a visual gag almost uh, at the end of that chase sequence where they're okay, you you go left, I'll go right, you head them off at the pass, and they get there and and I. Uh, they come upon the mess hall and it's just full of clones. And it's like, this is unfortunately the, uh, the, the, the tricky part of everybody wearing the same outfit and having the same face. Um, so they don't know, they don't know who it is that's leaking this information, but, uh, but we've got a pretty good idea that it's one of the clone troopers at this point.
0: Yeah. This is a random question. Sure. Was there ever a figure of the tactical droid made? yes there
1: was absolutely an action figure of the tech i
0: need i need to get one see this is a problem of of like not getting into star wars collecting until after the clone wars Mm. is over and you know even when i watched the clone Clone wars Wars,
1: clone wars was the last time that that hasbro did good figures in my opinion like all like the the, um the black series figures are great don't get me wrong but they're 30 bucks a piece and that's well 30 bucks in canada i don't know what they are in the states
0: oh god i don't who knows
1: (laughs) they they are not cheap um they're they're very expensive action figures
0: yeah and they're so kind
1: of I... hit and miss with the quality but the three right. and three quarter figures the clone wars was the last time that those figures were really great and they did some really really nice figures when they did the first wave of clone wars stuff was kind of eh. it was a lot of uh uh fpa five points of articulation so it's that means the arms the legs and the head Mm -hmm. move and that's it like there's no wrist articulation no they don't have a waist nothing like that um but then i think it was around like wave three they started to do some new stuff and when they did the new anakin and obi-wan they did articulated ones and Mm -hmm. those articulated anakin and obi-wan clone wars figures are really nice
0: yeah i've got i've gotten i have a trooper collection that i I used to post on my on top of one of my shelves Mm -hmm. and all three three quarter ish kind of yeah. around those. And I remember I have, I bought a bunch of those from the last couple celebrations. I went through and bought um, some of the old ones with the art, the super articulated ones that you're referring to. Yeah. Um, I, I just, the tactical, this tactical droid was always a design. When I started watching the Clone Wars, like years and years ago, always baffled me, but I loved it. It felt very star Wars, but it just was also looked like a duck to me. It, so, you know what it
1: reminds me of? It reminds me of star tours. It's yes. That, it's yeah. that aesthetic. But it's in the Clone Wars, and it's very weird, but it works. Yeah, 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 it works within the larger Star Wars universe. But it's one of those things. I agree. Like you do have to do a little bit of like like mental gymnastics in order to be like, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll accept this one for sure. But yeah. I love the design, and especially this is um, is this the f- no? This is the second one that we've seen. In the series. But um, when we get later on in the series, when we get to season four, the Onderon arc, the 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 tactical droid from the Onderon arc has this great like Mm filigreed paint job that we got there and I went, oh, yeah that's awesome. That's a great looking tactical droid. And then when they brought it back in Star Wars Rebels, um, that's one of my favorite Star Wars Rebels episodes, one of my all-time favorites from that series because it is such a throwback to the Clone Wars. It's a Clone Wars episode in the middle of Star Wars Rebels with, you know, uh, uh, Ezra and Kanan and Zeb and everybody in it. And Mm. and that, to me, like that, I love that episode so much. Um, and, And the way that that ends with the tactical droid being like, oh, I was supposed to... Yeah, serve the 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 separatists, the Confederacy, and you know now that the yeah. Confederacy is gone, I got to figure it out for
0: myself. I got to um, watch that episode again. I was not a huge fan of that episode. I'll no, be honest.
1: I, yeah, I but I, I need to rewatch it. I need to rewatch it. I really love that episode, and I love the idea that that tactical droid is go. It goes out into the galaxy to sort of gather information because it's a tactical droid, right? So it's like, "Oh, I'm going to go get more tactical information and I have to I need data in order to to decide where I fit in this new regime, right? We've got the Empire and the Rebellion, and I believe that it would side with the Rebellion because the the rebels were almost part of the separatist ranks, right? Like it like when, those deleted scenes in Revenge of the Sith are Padme and, and Bale and Mon Mothma going like, hold up. Do we agree with the separatists? And it's mm-hmm. like, well, no, cause Dooku is evil, but right. not all of the separatists are evil and they might actually have a point. So it's like it, the Republic becomes the empire. If you were a separatist during the clone wars and you went to sleep and woke up and the empire is everywhere. Yeah. That means the galactic Republic won and they're your enemy, right? So I, mm-hmm. I, I, would love to see a story where that tactical droid is actually working with the rebels.
0: That would be cool. That would that would be interesting. I need to rewatch it. I, I'm actually really fast. I'm, I'm planning on, when season four comes out. I think I might be doing a, a massive Rebels rewatch of the whole and, series. Yeah, because yeah. um, I get I, 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 people who listen to me on other podcasts know I'll do rail any show for a while. And I, <laughs> I apologize in advance. I'm sorry, Mike. It's all uh, good. Really fast. Um, when Rebels came out, I had a friend that you may know his name. I won't say what he, who, who it was, protect his identity. <laughs> let me borrow his, um, login for, uh, direct TV so I could, uh, watch Rebels during when it came out last, uh, fall because I just uh, was going going through some financial stuff at the time and, and had to get rid of my cable. And, uh, luckily I was able to watch the episodes, um, because of that. And, uh, I didn't watch them on my TV. And I just – I love I loved season four. It was great. Oh, the, the last half of season yeah. four. And I I was like, you know, I, I only watched them one time. And I thought when I buy these, these mothers on Blu-ray, I'm going to rewatch the whole – I'm going to rewatch yeah. only on my big, nice television screen. And I can't wait. And I thought maybe I should just rewatch the whole series because I, I love Star Wars Rebels. There's great stuff in it. There's, there's some mediocre stuff too. But <laughs> – I, I need to rewatch it, and that episode did not resonate with me as much as everyone else. But I was also writing reviews for Star Wars Newsnet, and and I, and I loved doing it; it was a lot of fun. But it was also hard for me to like get out of critical. Yeah, mindset, you get into that.
1: You, know? you get into that critical mindset for sure. Yeah. You
0: know, I mean, like in the
1: later episodes of Frontlines, I definitely found myself falling into that, and really? it's, it really? is tough to get out of it. But it's it, you just have to go like, wait a second, hold up. I love Star Wars. Yep. Mm-hmm. Why am I doing this? Yeah. Well, it, I'm and, doing this because I love Star Wars. So yeah, then you kind of yeah. you have to sort of sometimes get to the bottom in order to realize that it's that bad and and crawl yeah. way back out and uh Right. But yeah, for sure. I I hear you and definitely um I mean, you say you got that that big beautiful 4K. Uh cool. go for it, man. There's, right, I'm doing it. Yeah, there's a couple episodes you can skip over. Okay, you don't oh, need sure. to watch the episode where I the AP P five and uh, and Chopper <sighs> and Zeb have to fight the droid on the base. It's it's not necessary. It's not yeah. necessary. You need to skip
0: oh, I, that I remember that. I remember that episode. There's uh, a couple like
1: that that you can just skip over. But oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, the majority of that series is so great. Yeah, and I I, re- I need to go back and rewatch as well because uh, there's so much in season four that that informs that earlier stuff.
0: Hey, if you want to have a season four recap, re recap, <laughs> I'm, I'm all for it. Cause I haven't really talked much about it, you know? So, um, do you want me to continue with reading this? Yeah, uh, yeah, go for uh, it? it. Okay. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, and I'm all confident now I can read this out loud. Um, so let's see if I can put my money where my mouth is. Uh, Cody and Rex with the help of R2 discover a suspicious communication, which leads to uh, them to Sergeant Slick's barracks. After a brief interrogation of his troops, Cody detects a slip of his in- of in- secret intelligence from Slick, and determines he must be a spy. Slick lashes out and bolts from the barracks. Is that did I read the, read the right one? Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. Make sure. Arriving at Separatist headquarters, Anakin and Obi Wan are confronted by Dooku's assassin, Asajj Ventress. She gloats uh, that her informant warned her of the Jedi's arrival. A duel begins.
1: So the the recap really kind of glosses over some important <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> that like really like the 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 soul of this episode. Um So right. they get to the to they 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 track the communication to Slick's barracks, right? Um, they find out something something hinky's going on over in this barracks. So Is they see go something over kinky? there. Hinky Hinky. Oh kinky. I was like, whoa, yeah. wait, no, I don't know watch <laughs> It's a different episode. Um, <laughs> and uh, they head over to um, to to figure out what's going on and uh, they they actually encounter a, a clone named Chopper which I that was I, weird. so funny. I would forgotten that his name was chopper. Uh, so named uh, we, we discover, I mean, like obviously not in universe, but I think in meta, in a meta sense, he's named yeah. chopper because he's been chopping the fingers off of battle droids.
0: Oh gosh. Yeah. Oh man. Which is
1: like uh, on the surface for a kid watching it. It's like, okay, whatever. He's been, he's been taking the fingers from battle droids. They're just robots, whatever. Mm -hmm. But for an adult, you're going like, whoa, that's some Vietnam deep cut stuff going on there of like like that's some deer hunter nonsense (laughs) of like of like chopping the ears off of your enemies and making a necklace because you've gone insane. And you like. Yes. And uh, and and Chopper being like, look, man, I just I don't know. I just I just thought felt like like they owed me something like I could take something back And, uh, it's, it's the first time that we see, um, in rookies, we got to see like, oh, these clones are more, there's more going on than just, they're not all cookie cutter soldiers. And then in this episode we start to see like, no, this is the, this is the drawback to a clone army. You're talking about humans And they've been engineered. Sure, they've been bred for this and they're prepared for it. And they're soldiers through and through. But PTSD is PTSD. And it doesn't matter how much training you go through. You have friends and brothers. And in this instance, carbon copies of yourself. And you're just watching them die by Mm -hmm. the boatloads, right? Mm -hmm. And that's going to do mental damage. That's going to damage your psyche and it's going to do damage to your soul. And we see it come out (laughs) in two ways with, with these characters, right? We see it with chopper, um, as he like sort of disconnects from reality to a certain degree. And he realizes that when he's that, that like he's having these like splits and he's, he's ashamed of it. But then with slick, it's really interesting because It's actually like he's got a point that they're they don't have a choice. They're bred into an army and they're fighting a battle that they really have no stake in Mm -hmm. just because they're told to by the Republic and by the Jedi. Mm -hmm. And it makes you kind of pause for a second and go, wait a second, who are the bad guys here? Right? Like who's really the Because ba- the separatists are using droids? No nobody's really getting hurt. They're just droids. They're robots and then they're they don't even have as much like capacity for emotion. I mean it's just I, I have to uh, apologize to the Freemakers because obviously a, oh, no. a very important member of their family is, uh, is a battle droid. But I, I think that it's implied throughout the series that, that battle droids don't really have the capacity that a droid like, like R2 or 3PO has, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so that's almost like the more humane way to wage a war. Whereas the republic is like, no, 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 we're gonna specifically genetically engineer these guys to do as much damage as possible, and we're just gonna use them as fodder for this war, mm-hmm. right? Right. So it's it like I just I love that this episode gets into that really deep, totally, uh, thought process, um, and it presents it in in a few different ways through these different clones, and uh, this is why the series is great because it goes there,
0: right? Well and i want to add to that too because one of the things about the the series the, the whole series as a whole is it takes the cl- idea of these clones and turns it on its head that gives yeah. them personalities when you th- when you would think like they, they're all going to be the same one of the things that i love about what the series does and i think everyone who loves the series would agree this is very obvious i'm not trying to be like I'm, you know whatever uh, this whatever, I know it all with this, but like, uh, or I'm bringing something new to the table, but the idea that all these are different personalities of Django Fett, but they, there are different extremes of mm-hmm. that per, that one personality. Yeah. And it kind of get, if you want to get super deep with it, you could say like that, the, you know, the human psyche is, that's the same with everybody. There's different, you know, variations of totally. each of the, uh, each of us in that, that we have like the good, there's a the good, there's a the bad side. And I love how the clones Specifically in this episode, or and there's other episodes like it too, obviously. But this one is a great example of showing the the, the side of, of Django that is wants freedom. He wants to be, he wants to roam about the galaxy and do his own thing. Mm-hmm. That's what Slick is, is inherited from his, from yeah. Django Fett, was that extreme side of him. Um, you know, there's. I mean, obviously, uh, Django has loyalty. He has a son that he raises, so obviously, there's there's parts of that that are loyal. That's where you get the people like you know Rex and Cody, like they're the, the super loyal soldier people. And there's that loyal. You you know he has that built into him because he wants a son to raise and 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 whatever. So I think there's a sense of uh, honor and in, in in Django and that all the clones have that's built in. That's why he was chosen. As the the mate the massive clone uh, person whatever, but w- in the case of Slick and even um, Chopper, what's really fascinating? And those are all aspects of Django's personality that you know he's you know obviously you have the darker side of of you know you have the light side of of juxtaposition uh juxtaposition excuse me um of uh Cody and Rex and then you have Chopper and um, Slick who are, represent a little bit darker version even though Chopper's mm-hmm. not fully dark he doesn't yeah. turn on his brothers but the fact he's you know he's he's doing something that's that's it's, it's illegal in in the uh, republic by keeping these war things that you know he's like you know again like he, he's fighting this the part of j not fighting but the part of jango is 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 resonating with him and that's what i read into it, it these are all different personalities but they're all extremes or or varying uh, yeah. Thinks of Django Fett. So Slick is just doing that. And it's it's it, I I s you're seeing the fact they that... The kind of the the pros and the cons, right? You get the pros of these ultimate, you know, warriors that are going out there and destroying people. Yet you also have you'll get probably a lot of there's probably a lot of tales that you could tell of people like Slick that this is probably not an isolated incident. That these are people who are the go off. There's a deserter we get later on in the in the in the series. So it exists, and I love the fact that also that Lucasfilm plays off of that. Or, film, or George and Dave Filoni play off of that throughout the whole series. And this yeah. is a great example of that, of not dumbing down to the audience, but not, but not also, you know, giving, um, going super dark, but giving a balance. And I love that about star Wars It never totally. tre- it will. I would say for the most part, even with Disney star Wars stuff, I would say for the most part, they don't dump, they don't try to play down to their audience. They're just, they are, it is what it is. And most times star Wars does that. The Clone Wars and I think really does a great job of doing that to the point where you can really you can really uh, have great conversations with your kids. I don't have any kids yet, but you, I, I would assume that you could have great opportunities because of Clone Wars to kind of you know show some things to kids and kind of yeah. make them realize a couple of things or kind of see the world in a different light.
1: Yeah, yeah it, it it challenges the audience, both both the adults and the kids watching, and that's and Star Wars did that back in the day, right? I mean, like. I, I, the original trilogy is full of interesting topics to discuss and stuff to look at and go like, okay, where is the line with good and evil? And what is, you know, is, is it black and white? And, um, and I love your take on that. I love that. And I'm taking, I'm stealing that. And that's my, that's absolutely how I'm going to look at the clones from now on is that they are. They are all Django Fett. They're just, I love that, that they're the extreme aspects of his personality. It's almost like there's like toggles of like these things that define Django Fett. And it's like, okay, with Rex, you're cranking up the loyalty, right? You're cranking up the honor, right? And But you've also got like the recklessness of a bounty hunter is pretty high on him as well, right? But his moral sense is in a completely different place from Django Fett. And, uh, to, to like, to look at it that way, I think that that's such a great way to look at, at, how each one of them builds out and you could almost like chart each character on like six personality axis or something like that. Um, that's awesome. Uh, I'm going to continue with the, uh, with the recap here. Uh, Rex and Cody chase slick to the gunships. They find his utility belt connected to a prime thermal detonator, which explodes crippling the gunship and seemingly tripping off more explosives that tear through the parked ATTEs and the weapons depot. The blast takes out the base's power in the upper balconies of separatist headquarters, Ventress sets a trap for Anakin and Obi-Wan. She ignites her blades and cuts the floor, collapsing a trap that sends the Jedi plummeting. She grins for the Jedi have served their purpose. Her whole plot was to stall them. Um, so (laughs) Oh. we get so this is great because this is the thing that really sets up the beginning of the movie why the, right. why the republic is sort of on their back foot right uh, uh, slick does this damage to the to the to their basically their entire reserve right everything mm-hmm. that they've got waiting for the separatists is now gone and and all they've got at the end of it are the the long-range cannons so when we see them at the beginning of the movie they've got these long-range cannons that they're managing to keep the separatists at bay with so the separatists can't get closer than these cannons but the republic also doesn't have reinforcements to take out the separatists so it's this stalemate and then obi-wan goes out and tries to negotiate um but i i the this scene with asajj Ventress. It felt weird to me at the time, and I, uh, watching it again, I was instant. I just instantly flashed back to the first time I saw it, where I was like, whoa, well, wait a second, did we miss something? Is there a scene <laughs> missing? Because you go from them dueling to all like she gets away, and then all of a sudden she's just sitting on the floor." And they just walk up to her and then she like jams her lightsabers into the floor. It's so awkwardly so, staged. Really? But, I love it. Oh, you like it? Uh, to me, I it's just it. so weird and awkward, but I get it. Like, it makes sense. I like the story point, but it just like the way that it played out was, well, I think that they would have done a better job of blocking that scene in later seasons.
0: I, I, get, I see what you're saying. I think for me, I guess because you have a, a, a history of, of looking for the, your enemy uh in star wars and then kind of just surprising you or just kind of you know whatever and i feel like it kind of was like that like they were kind of like what is she gonna do like yeah. you know they knew like they 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 were confident that she couldn't do anything for the for, you know sitting down the way and so i i like the way it was set up i just it felt like okay, they didn't know what she was gonna do and they just didn't think about it i loved it i thought it was great like yeah. she would have ran off somewhere New to kind of you know chase her and they're just kind of like she totally set him up. I lo- I thought it looked great. I also love the shot of her like hovering on the with the whole army. She's like – I forgot what she oh, says. It's a great it's a great line. It's so good. It's yeah. so it's so good. And I remember thinking it looked beautiful. I mean I, I don't know about you, Mike, but I the first year animation is still a little rough for the season one. I still oh, love. Yeah but it's a little rough ish. And there was moments in the episode where I'm like, this looks kind of a little bit rough on my, like, it
1: almost looks video gamey. At yes. Times because things yes. are so empty. And so like, like it's just so many repeated textures that yes. you just like, it really does feel like a video game. Like when they're running down the corridors and stuff in yes. this episode, I'm like, okay, these are just video game corridors. But, and that, that end scene, <sighs> um, it looks
0: great though it just looks phenomenal it's so
1: and and like the the cinematography on it the camera move is Mm -hmm. so perfect and Mm -hmm. it just sort of like slowly reveal as it like sort of the camera goes wide and we see just how many ships are coming down and it's like oh no yeah like like they're in a they're in a bad place now Um, yeah 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 all right uh, yeah, why, why don't you continue with the
0: next one? Okay, I'm probably going to butcher these names, so bear okay. with me. Anakin and Obi-Wan make their way outside to to Asajj, who stands atop a massive tri-droid. God, I love that episode, or I love that scene. General, uh, is it Horm? Worm, Worm Loathsome. I didn't know his name. Worm Loathsome's army is here. The droid takeover on of Kristoff, oh my gosh, Kristoff, oh, I can't say the words. Kristoffsis. Christoph's Oh, my! I can't say it. I have a speech impediment, apparently. uh, Has begun. Receiving word that Slick at the Republic base, Rex and Cody return their blasters drawn, Slick sits in a uh, ventilation shaft, watching Rex and Cody. Rex spots a boot print on a console, which leads him to believe that Slick is in the air system.
1: I'm going to finish this one out, and then we'll talk about it. Uh, Rex gets out of range of the ventilation shaft while Cody serves his bait. Slick emerges from the shaft, reaching for an empty rifle. Cody had planted, not expecting an empty gun. The separatist spy is subdued by Rex and Cody slick reveals. He did what he did for freedom. The Jedi return and are surprised that slick was the traitor. He verbally blasts the Jedi for basically enslaving the clones slick is marched away. So I, yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about this a little bit already, but it's just, um, it leaves this episode on such. A, it's funny because the movie is kind of reviled to a certain degree, right? And I, I'm I'm inclined to agree. The movie's not great. Um, well,
0: it's three episodes put together. It what is you just expect? three episodes
1: put together. But I I even even if it had just been those three episodes, the whole
0: stinky thing is just. I, I love stinky. I love Huts. I'm a big Hut yeah, fan. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um. I, it's and. Uh, Look, I'm never gonna. I'm, I will never let this go. Okay. When every time Ahsoka calls R2 R2 R2E, it drives me nuts. Yeah, it's pretty rough. because his name is R2D2. R2 is a nickname. R2E is a nickname on a nickname. You're putting a hat on a hat. It's not necessary, (laughs) Ahsoka. And like, don't get me wrong. It, adds to the charm when you know where she's going where where that character ends up it's like okay you know we started from the bottom now we here sort of thing mm-hmm. uh but it's still annoying to watch every <laughs> time she does it it drives me nuts i just it, it, it up the wall but the flip side of that is that sky guy and snips are good nicknames i like those so um <laughs> but yeah this this episode to me and the way that it ends it almost retroactively makes the beginning of the movie way better because you now know contextually where they were at moments before. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and this goes to a really deep philosophical, interesting place. And it asks a question that we never asked when we were watching those movies the first time around, which is like, what's the moral implication of the Jedi using an enslaved army of clones Right. We just watch Mm. the movies and we're like, oh, clone troopers. They look like stormtroopers. They're all clones of Jango Fett. Jango Fett is Boba Fett. It's an army of Boba Fetts. That's pretty rad. Right. Like that's the mental (laughs) math you do while you're watching Attack of the Clones. You're like, oh, cool. And then in Revenge of the Sith, it's like, oh, Palpatine planted the clone. I mean, you kind of get this in Attack of the Clones as well, but Palpatine planted the clones and they were all there. As part of his plan to take out the Jedi and 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 take over the Republic and turn it into an empire. Cool. Pretty rad. Clones are awesome. (laughs) And then you get to the Clone Wars and you're like, actually, turns out the moral implications of the Jedi, uh, 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 an order of warrior monks, a religious faction Enslaving a, a group of genetically engineered. So let's get into the whole genetically engineered thing. Is it okay to just create life like that? Isn't that playing God to a certain degree? Isn't that mm-hmm. kind of weird? Ugh. We're getting and then, deep, like, bro. Yeah, like we're <laughs> we're just handing them over to the Jedi, and the Jedi are just gonna tell them how to live their lives. So, like, where's the separation of church and state? And where's the? And if these guys are so moral, how can they live with themselves marching? these living thinking, breathing beings that they respect and understand to be individuals in the force. And yet they lead them into battle and let them die. And it's like, what are you guys doing? So you, you're clearly on the wrong side of this. And then you get to the last Jedi and Luke Skywalker's like the Jedi. Let me tell you something about the
0: Jedi.
1: (laughs) Uh, I, let me learn you something big. Right. Oh Uh, gosh. You had to go there. I love that line. I love that line. Yeah there are so many things about the last Jedi that I understand why people don't like them. But, and I said this after the last Jedi came out and and I'll continue to say it. The last Jedi has more in common with a prequel than it does with an original trilogy movie. And that's why people people don't like it. That's why people don't like it. But I like the prequels. I recognize them for the problems that they have because George Lucas is not an actor's director and he is not a good cinematographer. He is an incredible editor. He is the greatest editor who has ever cut film, in my opinion. I like, He can take a pile of garbage and cut it into a, a great sequence. He is good at that. But there are a lot of problems with the prequels. The story is not the problem with the prequels. The story of the prequels is awesome. The dialogue in the prequels is good. It is good. It's just not delivered properly sometimes because you've got Jake Lloyd, who is an 11-year-old kid, and he's working without a director. That's not his fault. That's not Jake Lloyd's fault. Jake Lloyd did the best he could as an 11-year-old on his own. Some of those actors should have stepped in and helped him out a little bit more, but regardless they were all just like oh my god we're making a star wars movie this is ridiculous but you know like it, the the prequels are what they are the last jedi is the is an example of what a prequel would have been like had george lucas not directed them had you gotten a better director in there to direct those movies, that's what they would have been like. They would have been way more like The Last Jedi. The pacing would have been better. The The blocking would have been more dynamic. It, it just would have been a tighter series of films, right? The story would have been just a little bit tighter because it would have gotten a couple of edits that it needed really badly. Because with the prequels, all you got is George Lucas going, I think I'm going to have the clones be just... uh." Oh, thousands of Boba Fets, and then Rick McCallum goes like Boba Fets action figures you say and then the little dollar signs come in his eyes and he goes that's a great idea George I love it um, until they're sitting and watching movies and going like oh boy uh, that is one of my favorite behind the scenes oh, I of agree all time. I love that the, the first time the they watch oh, the, the, the the first yeah, cut of the movie from oh, end to goodness. end and the tone in the room is this <laughs> yeah. like silence. And then George is like, well, this is just gone. the first edit. Some of this stuff's got to go.
0: Well, he didn't he say I may have gone too far. I may this have gone time. too far
1: with some of this stuff. Yeah. 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 Oh, um, my yeah. Lord. oh, man. It's so good. And you can just see the look on Rick McCallum's face where he's like oh, everyone's we're, face. We're going to get torn apart. We're going to get torn apart. But but you know what? We'll put the action figures out before the movie. No one will know that Jar Jar is obnoxious. Oh, I nope. think he's gonna be. I remember saying to my friends when I got my first the first issue of Star Wars Insider that had stuff from uh from Phantom Menace in it, and uh, looking at Jar Jar and going like, "Oh, he's like the new Chewbacca." Yeah, that's what I thought too. I right, I was like, thing. "Oh, yep, yep, cool." I mean, like, I I dig the look. He's a cool looking character. He's all CG. That's incredible. He looks real, right? Yeah. He's gonna be the new Chewbacca. I'm fine with that. And then you yeah. watch the movie and you're like, oh no, that is not Chewbacca. That yeah, not the I mean, you're,
0: Chewbacca. you're you're treading on territory, we could go on for hours on I've got to Jar Jar shut my mouth. <laughs>
1: prequels, but, um, don't give me like I love Jar Jar, but he is what he is.
0: That is true. I, I will I will say that as well. I I love the prequels. I, I don't really fast. I, I don't I – they're not the same as, as, as the original trilogy for me, but it's because I grew up on the r- original trilogy. I I My first earliest memories as a child was watching Return of the Jedi. So yeah. I cannot put anything close to the original trilogy. The no, prequels are a total different animal, and yeah. I have grown to really love all of them. Even Attack of the Clones, which is my least favorite of all the Star Wars films, but I still love so much about it. Mm. And, you know, so the prequels, I – I developed my love for them over the years, but I've always, from the moment I saw it, always, always loved Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. my favorite Star Wars movies ever. Um, Never change.
1: Yeah. It took me a while to warm up to Revenge, but wow. I, I got there. I got there. All right. All right. Fair enough. Um, cool. Well, I think that's it for the recap. I uh, Let's get, here's the episodes we're going to do next week. It's going to be another doubleheader because um, we've got blue shadow virus and mystery of a thousand moons they kind of i'm really
0: glad i'm missing blue shadow virus yeah. that episode Ugh, this is the
1: worst episode of season one i uh, blue shadow virus padme and jar jar are captured while searching for a secret separatist bioweapons lab sparking anakin obi-wan and ahsoka to try and save their friends and halt the release of a dead deadly virus And then we've got mystery of a thousand moons. The fatal blue shadow virus is released infecting Ahsoka Padme and many clone troopers and giving Anakin and Obi-Wan just 48 hours to find the antidote on a mysterious planet from which no visitor has ever returned. Um, Mystery of a thousand moons, not as bad,
0: but blue shadow virus who boy, this episode's a rough one. Um, (laughs) They're both rough. I, I have never, I only have rewatched these two episodes since I first watched them like in 2009. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I, this is going to be a rough one for me to get through. Cause I really hate blue shadow
0: virus. I really, but, is Matt, is Matt going to come back for this one? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I feel sorry for fine. Matt. I'll have to give him a hard time. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, well that's
1: it for this episode. I uh, thank you so much, Paul, for sitting Absolutely. in for Matt. It was great. We had some good chats. Uh, oh, we're going to have sure. you back in the future for sure. Please, um, please. I uh, and uh, thank you guys for listening. Of course, if you want to stay up to date with all the latest star Wars animation news. You can do that by heading to rebel We got comic-con coming next week. So there will be news. Uh, the star Wars show this week basically implied what I've been saying, which is we're going to get a resistance trailer at the end of this panel next Thursday. So uh, look next Thursday for, for the, the, uh, resistance uh trailer i guarantee it i look i may have been wrong about the solo blu-ray release date being announced (laughs) but i'm not wrong about this um you can also follow us on facebook facebook.com slash rebels podcast as well as on twitter at rebels podcast and of course uh, you can follow me on twitter i'm at rebels podcast i'm not at Rebels podcast i'm at arkwolf a-r-k-w-l-f and uh paul what's your twitter
0: you can find me on Twitter at Herman22 with two N's, a.k.a. Thug. Awesome.
1: Uh, and you guys know that we're a part of the Thundercrack Podcast Network. Head to Thundercrack.com. Check out all the other podcasts in the network. Uh, like, I don't know, this little podcast called Star Wars The Saga Continues. You might hear right. Paul over there from time to time. Maybe. Uh, and uh, uh, if you want to support us, you can do that two ways. First, by going to store.thundercrack.com, picking up some merch, uh, like the Hollow Net and Chill Shirt. Uh, I don't give that one enough props But uh, if you are a Star Wars fan You want to be a little bit low key With your Star Wars fandom On a t-shirt That's one for you um, And a little bit inappropriate uh, And uh, the other way you can support us Is by going to patreon.com thunderquack And chipping in over there Patreon is a monthly uh, subscription Type of platform Where you pay uh, what you feel like You just kind of chip in what you want And what you can and I, uh, I, you get rewards for different tiers. It's like Kickstarter, but it's always happening. Uh, it doesn't stop. Like a Kickstarter kind of builds up to a, to a the end of a campaign. But Patreon, it's not a campaign. It's just an ongoing. Um, uh, uh, subscription platform type thing. Uh, I never, I don't explain it often enough. I feel like people, not everybody knows what Patreon is yet. Um, but uh, you head over there, is uh, support us uh, at the one dollar level and get access to the exclusive ThunderQuack podcast as well as um, the Facebook group uh, where we have some awesome conversations, um, exclusive conversations uh, over there, and uh, other rewards at higher levels. Um, Head to patreon.com slash thunderquack to check that out. That does it for this episode. Uh, Again, thank you, Paul. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week with Blue Shadow Virus and Mystery of a Thousand Moons. See you next week.